Thanks to Noon Hydration for its longtime support of Another Mother Runner and its exclusive sponsorship of this episode. Visit NoonLife.com, that's N-U-U-N-L-I-F-E.com, to receive 20% off your order when you use promo code NoonAMR20. Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing in endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. If you happen to be in New York City right now, you know that it's Marathon Week. The flags are up, the streets are crowded with lots of people in random jogging suits. I just love the energy there. I remember running in Central Park in 1996 on, I think it was like Tuesday morning during Marathon Week, and I didn't realize what a big deal that race was. Um, And I came home with like a Nike sweat towel and a fanny pack. They were just handing them out to get people excited uh, for Sunday. And now, here's a random side note. I still wish I had that fanny pack because they're so trendy now. Anyway, it is a fun week in New York City. And Anna Liptak is well aware of the momentous energy of that iconic race and has documented it in a brand new film called I'm Not a Runner. In it, Anna traces the journey of five Australian women over 15 months as they go from not being a runner to crossing the New York City Marathon finish line in 2018. A fitness expert, a veteran of over 25 marathons, and a mother of two, Anna lives in Adelaide, Australia. So we thank her for getting up early to record this. So welcome, Anna. Thank you for having me, Dimity. It's wonderful to be here on your show. So I, I kind of gleaned two kids. I hope that's right. Is that right? Yes, two kids. Okay. And, and they're kind of turning into adults now. One's 18 and one's 16. So they're quite big now. Okay, awesome. Well, so before we launch into I'm Not a Runner, we want to hear a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in the running world, Anna? Well, I, as you said, Dimity, I've been a fitness trainer now for 15 years and I've been training people. And I guess um, part of being a fitness trainer is setting goals for um, clients. And I found that was a really the best way to motivate people and to get them, uh, you know, really motivated to get out of bed. So we started doing running events together and we started off small doing running events. And my children were really quite small then, like two or three and then we just kept challenging each other. And one day I was doing a 56K event and we did a run walk with one of my running partner, who is one of my clients and, and also best friend now, as you do um, be- uh, through running, become sure. really good friends. And um, at 56K in this event, she said to me, do you think we could, I could do a marathon? I said, sure, absolutely you could do a marathon. And, and it started from there. And she, um, her name's Chantelle Peacock. And she um, then undertook the London Marathon. And from there, we challenged each other. And we've now run over 25 marathons together. So, um, yeah, it's been a wonderful journey over the last eight to 10 years where I've really um, participated events and and taken clients all over the world. And as you said, the New York Marathon is one of our favourites. And I've taken clients there over five times now. So Nice, nice. Well, so wait, so you uh, just to – isn't 56K, isn't a marathon 42K? It's the miles to – yeah, yeah, exactly right. It was um, it's forty two k point two k's for a marathon. The fifty six k event we sort of did as a run walk, so we okay. were sort of, you know, we didn't care about time, we didn't care about um, anything really. We were just out to have fun. 
Um, okay. And so, yes, because we we're doing the 56Ks, we were like, sure, I think we could do the 42. You're like, absolutely, we could do a marathon. Okay. All right. What, what, which one was your first marathon? I'm curious. Uh, the Melbourne Marathon. Okay. Okay. And how did that go? Do you remember it like distinctly or is it kind of a blur given all the races you've been at? I totally remember it. Um, we were um, very naive. Uh, we had no idea about splits. We had no idea about time. We didn't wear watches. Um, we just went out to have fun. Um, and we didn't, yeah, it, it was kind of probably the best one that I've done because we were so unaware. Um, it was one of my fastest ones as well. So it was one where I got to the end and um, overtook a number of um, people that were in the race that we knew, um, which we weren't, didn't set out to do. Um, so it, for me, it really holds a... a beautiful spot in my heart and that was from there that we sort of realized that we might be able to um get into the boston marathon um so we yeah from there we realized we had times that we might be able to do that so you know running isn't about times and that's sort of what i really try to um tell my clients it's not about times but for me at that stage my purpose uh was very different and um yeah so i i challenged myself and we then got into the boston marathon Nice. That's so fun. I, I, I think that's a lesson that we all need to hear. Not that your first race was your best race, but you didn't have expectations. You didn't have, you know, a GPS or a Garmin on your wrist telling you how fast or what heart rate you were. You just went and and did it, right? And look at and and kind of, I imagine, ran by feel, right? Absolutely. Ran with my body, ran with my heart and uh, just enjoyed every minute of it, really. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Okay, so um, so fast forward, you know, twenty five marathons, ten years, and um, I'm a runner. What what inspired you to create this documentary? You're absolutely right. It should be called I Am a Runner, but we're oh, sorry, it, I'm not a runner. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, but you're right. So right. It's just that everybody over the last fifteen years always the first thing they say to me is I'm not a runner. Yes. So people start excusing themselves before they even start something because we're all scared of failing. So most people start with the uh, the thing, oh, okay, I'm not a runner. And I always say to people, you absolutely are if you want to be, if you're determined and motivated, we, we can all run. So um, after seeing another movie um, at the cinema, and it was about elite athletes, and I love elite athletes, but they're so far removed from the amateur athlete like I am and the people I train. So I, I classify myself as very ordinary um, and the people I train as ordinary. And I say that in inverted commas because they're certainly not ordinary. Um, and we were watching this movie and I was watching it with some of my clients and it was actually quite demotivating because it was about these exceptional athletes that we couldn't even, you know, compare ourselves to, even though I'd run at that stage 15 marathons. They were so far from my idea of myself that it, I left. I was left watching this film feeling really demotivated. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could watch a movie about ordinary people achieving wondrous things? As a fitness trainer, I had um, watched so many people over those last 15 years transform their lives from running and participating in events and I thought wouldn't it be great to document that Um, and so I approached a friend of mine um, who's a broadcaster and he was in from the moment I told him about it 
Um, and I was taking 60 people to the New York Marathon that year. Many of them had never run before. Um, and I approached them and said, would you mind if we documented this journey over the next 15 months? And they all said yes. Um, it involved them also using their own cameras and, um, you know, being quite vulnerable. Lots of them, because I actually didn't know if they could run more than two kilometres at that stage, it was actually quite a vulnerable position to be in because we don't like to fail and we definitely don't want to fail on camera. So um, we had about 15 of them documenting their journey at this stage, Dimity, and um, uh, we ended up with 15 people. And as you can imagine, that was about a 1,000 hours or more of footage. So we had wonderful characters to choose from and... Uh, we uh, then set about trying to create a storyline, one that was interesting um, and one that would show the journey and transformation, the vulnerability. It was, we wanted it to be raw and real. Um, and so um, it came aboard, um, it's Johnny Taranto, who's our director, he came on board. Um, and I must say here, it's been a, a labour of love. So everyone has volunteered their time onto this movie including Johnny, who was absolute angel coming onto the project when he did. And um, he's, he's made a magnificent story now that is really captures ordinary people achieving wondrous things. And we've just had a sellout season in here um, in South Australia, Dimity, and I'm just getting people writing to me every day saying how wonderful it is to see normal people um, and pe relatable people and people that um, can inspire people and motivate people. So it's been wonderful. And it's not just for runners. It's just about life in general, how you can achieve wonderful things if you're actually determined. And society's always telling us that we're not good enough, that we're not pretty enough, that we're too old, that that we're, we we just can't do things. And I think this this space is actually quite dangerous and we face it every day through the media. Yeah, that, absolutely. you know, that and actually we can achieve things and we can go up against what society says to us. And I think that's what this movie does. And that's why it's so special to me. It is. It is. Well, so I, I, that was you kind of you answered one of my questions. I was wondering about how you pick the people. So you had 15 and you narrowed it down to five. Correct. And one was your mom. Um, so let's start with her. She was 73. And one of the quotes in, in the movie I loved, she's like, and I have a daughter who bosses me around. <laughs> I was like, I love it. I love it. So was she, I mean, t t tell me, did you like ask her to come and do it? Or was she interested in running the marathon or kind of talk about that evolution? So my mom is single um, and lives at home by herself. So she really likes to be a part of a community, which um, so she trains with me um, and she does it at her own level, which is fantastic. So I think, you know, like Humidity, exercise is for everyone. It has no age barriers. Um, and my mum really shows that. She comes out and she boxes with men and all sorts of things. Um, and at the state, at the time when I was asking people if they wanted to come to the New York Marathon, I didn't actually expect my mum would say yes, but she she did. She wanted to be a part of it. She wanted to just watch it and be be a part of the community. It's a fantastic community to be involved in. Um, and then we started documenting the story. And now my mum was very reluctant to be actually in the movie. Okay. Um, and she and she's a very reluctant hero of the movie because she's actually one of the most beautiful characters in there, very funny. Um, and she's, she makes the movie, I would say. Um, but she... Um, she she let us document her um, and she hates watching herself now. And, um, yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful for me to be able to, to undertake the marathon with her as well. So it was a very special time for mum and I. Yeah. Um, mum's been 
a mother of that generation who sacrificed a lot for her kids. And it was really nice for her to do something for herself. And I think the joyous part in the movie for me is when she she starts celebrating with the whole of New York and walking along and she says, you know, it's a very unusual position for me to be in is to have people cheering at me. And I found myself doing that back to the people. She said it was wonderful. Um, and that's a really, I think that's a really wonderful thing of the New York Marathon is that it's joyous no matter how you do that marathon. Oh, the energy. I mean, the energy, I can't, it's so hard to put into words, but you do such a great job of showing it with all the crowds and stuff. But but we're still in preparation, so we're not there yet. We'll get to race day in a minute. Um, so the rest of the ladies, the, the other four, um, were all at different places in their lives, but they definitely seem like they all benefited from, from the group training, the community that you created, and having that big hairy goal in front of them can you just talk a little bit like who who sticks out to you i mean i, I know we're three three years past that running um that finish line so uh like you had um jody who was kind of sick of sitting on the sidelines of her life you had marika who has coming back from knee reconstruction you had um, was it anna or Anne, the mom of five whose husband left her is that right it was marika that's right yep yeah five kids Okay. And then t- say the other woman's name, Namara Lee. Namara Lee. Yes. And so she was a mom, a mom of young people who felt socially isolated, which I feel like a lot of us, um, especially with young kids, can absolutely relate to. So, um, I mean, talk a little bit about like, if anyone sticks out to you or, or just kind of the cast of characters. Well, so Namara Lee um, is a wonderful character. And as you said, she uh, was really isolated. She hadn't exercised her whole life. She's an Aboriginal woman. Um, and she, uh, what she did through this transformation is she got herself back so that she is now working with Aboriginal mothers um, in crisis situations. So that transformation changed her through running and she literally couldn't run. So when she started with me, she couldn't run 20 metres. Um, so watching her through the movie, and I think her, she is um, kind of brings a lot of humour to the movie um, and you actually see her suffering and laughing at herself um, and really enjoying it. But I think what you've pointed on there is that social isolation of being a mother. She really gave everything to her children for 10 years and hadn't exercised, hadn't looked after herself. And this was something for her and she found a group um, that supported her. Um, she remembers coming out to her first session, which was very overwhelming. She just wanted to leave straight away um, and found that she, you know, at the end of the session, she actually found that she was strong and that she could do things. And and that that sort of put it into aspects of her life now. So she's a very, very strong woman. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, she's taken that through her life now. So, and she's still running um, and exercise is a big part of her life and she's enjoying being a, a great role model for her children. That's so great. I, I really enjoyed her. She 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 came through the screen, her, um, her energy and her, just her beauty, to be honest. And, um, and I, and I also really sympathized with her because you guys had um, tank tops, right, that you wore with your names on the front of them. And I was like, I can guarantee that not one spectator said go Namarali. You know, I kind of, having the name Dimity, I can uh, sympathize with her, but everyone else had good names. Um, okay, so so 15 months of training, did they come out 
three days a week to train with you, Anna? Or how did that work? Yes, they did, Dimity. So um, some did three, four days a week. I um, really believe in cross-training, um, particularly for these women and people that I trained that aren't runners. I'm not a runner um, because running can, as you know, can be boring and can be lonely and, and people have different paces. And I think it's really important that people have strength and especially these mothers that are coming back um, from having babies, they need to have strength. Um, so I really um, put cardio into the strength training sessions sneakily because like Namara Lee and the other women, they all um, don't want to run or don't think they can run. So once you put a little bit of cardio into these sessions and sneak it in, they can, before they know it, they're running 6Ks without having to run the actual 6K. So um, they, they trained with me three, four times a week. Um, and um, some of them followed programs that I'd written for them as well. Okay, nice. Yeah, I, I was going to actually, my next question, I you showed a ton of strength training in this movie in the preparation phases. And um, first of all, love that. Um, I, and I understand also just from a visual standpoint, it helps to break it up. You know, running along the beach, even in Australia is beautiful, but there's only so much you can do, right? So the push-ups yes. and the boxing and the pull-ups and the lunges and everything. But but it, it sounds like you just explained it. I mean, are you, are you a huge uh, proponent of strength training? Fingers crossed you say yes. <laughs> Absolutely, Dimity. I think, um, and I, I think um, we sort of show that through our group really here in South Australia. We go out with running groups and we always seem to be faster and stronger. Um, nice. And we certainly don't run as much as they do um, and faster. Okay, nice, nice. Well, so as anyone who's trained for a marathon or trained, I mean, 15 months is a long time. Um, you're going to hit some speed bumps in training, right? Um, Jody had this point where she felt like she said, oh, God, I feel like I've been training forever, which we can all relate to. Um, there was another one, I don't remember who it was, but she was, you know, had a very teary moment of wondering if she was enough, like if, if what her running was enough, if she was enough. Um, and what I really liked, and I think it was you that said it, Anna, was obstacles are where you find the most joy. And um, I just wanted you to talk about that and the speed bumps and kind of how how that materialized in this setting. Yeah, I think you've touched on a beautiful point there with Anne. It was Anne who um, really addressed the mental health issues um, that she has faced through her life. And um, often in those points and other points like Namara Lee or Marika with her children, not thinking that you're enough or that you can't do things, um, is when you set about doing something for yourself that you actually think is too hard to do, and but you find the ways, you find the support, you find it within yourself, you find this beautiful joy because you're doing something that you really didn't think you were able to do. Um, and that, that is just a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing that you start recognising in yourself is that not to give up, to keep going when things are tough. And on the other side, there's always a rainbow. And all of these women have found that rainbow at that time. And not to say that rainbow stays forever, but you certainly understand it when you meet that rainbow, if you've been on the other side um, where it hasn't been so easy for yourself. And all of these women faced these challenges. Like you said, Marika had five kids, five young kids, um, and her husband suddenly left her. She had no money. Um, and she was in bed and she had no job. She had a part-time job that earned her $700 a week, which is a very minimal wage here in Australia. Um, so she had to find ways and she got herself out of bed. She knew she had to get herself out of bed. 
And she actually, through finding herself and, and getting fit, she actually um, then changed her whole life. And, and you see what happens. I won't tell you what happens, but um, yeah. you've seen it, Dimity, but she transforms her whole life and she's now um, working and um, really oh. enjoying her life. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, that's... Well, keep the spoiler. Yeah, that was that was a great little. I love that connection. But one thing I did want to talk, and, and correct me if, if I have the wrong person here, but um, there was somebody who was having such a struggle, and I think it was Marika that um, she just couldn't. You know, you know that feeling when you're in a super bad place in your life and you can't even eat, and it's not necessarily. Um, you know, something that you're doing deliberately, like I'm, you know, trying to lose weight, but it's just like, I just can't, I can't process food right now. I've got so much else going on. And you spoke to her about that. Is that right, Anna? Was that, was that Marika? Yeah, that was Marika. And um, she remembers as a, a very pivotal moment in her life because um, she really did get herself to a very unhealthy point. And it was, uh, as a trainer, it would have been a miss of me to let that go and let her continue training because you need your energy and you need your full fuel. And if you don't have that, you can go into a dangerous zone um, with your heart um, and have all sorts of problems. So I did speak to her at the time and I I, I can't remember speaking to her so harshly, but she, she basically <laughs> says, um, you, I just basically said, you can't train with us if you're not eating and you're not looking after yourself. And she said that just snapped that snapped with her because exercise was so important to her that she realized that she was becoming unhealthy and she needed to start looking after herself not only for herself but for her kids and for her relationships around her and she needed to move on yeah i've been a loyal user of noon hydration tablets since well before another mother runner came into existence which is one of the many reasons i'm proud that noon has supported us since our earliest days Noon Sport is the perfect product for runners. It helps you stay hydrated thanks to the electrolytes it contains, and its tasty flavors encourage you to drink more water because it tastes good. Noon Sport contains all the electrolytes our hardworking bodies need, potassium, sodium, calcium, and magnesium. Each tablet has 15 calories or fewer, and Noon is vegan, kosher, gluten-free, and non-GMO. I drink Noon Sport immediately before I start a workout, whether it's a run, a strength session, or a swim. Out of its nine flavors, citrus fruit is my favorite. It's a tasty tart blend of lemon, lime, and orange. I drop a citrus fruit noon tablet into a bottle of water before I put on my socks and shoes so it's dissolved and ready to drink right before I head out the door. If I'm going for more than 75 minutes or so, I also add a tablet to my handheld water bottle so I can sip it on the go and when I stop to take in an energy gel. And you better believe it's in my waste pack bottles when I run a marathon. Noon Sport is one of an entire line of hydration tablets and powders our longtime friends at Noon make. Whatever flavor or variety of Noon you want, get 20% off your entire order by visiting NoonLife.com and using promo code NoonAMR20. That's N-U-U-N-L-I-F-E dot com and code NoonAMR20, N-U-U-N-A-M-R-2-0, all one word, to save 20%. NoonLife.com. And that code again, noon AMR20. Okay, so race day comes and um, you do such, like I said, like the the crowds and the energy of the New York City streets. I mean, you you can't put it into words the how just, how awesome it is. It is truly is a definition of awesome. Um, and so you've got this great footage. Did you, I'm curious, like, did you carry a, how did, how did you guys get that footage? 
Because it's, yeah, it's not jostling, you know? I, yeah. So, so first of all, talk about cameras and then also how you practice. So you weren't, um, you know, making us run along with you. <laughs> well, that's interesting about the practice because we really didn't have the practice. You but, didn't? Um, okay. No. <laughs> Unfortunately for some people, and that's how some people didn't make the actual movies because some of the footage was actually taken over their head. And we had some beautiful moments with some of the um, other runners that we missed because the cameras weren't on them properly. Um, but we all... Um, a lot of us took GoPros with us, and okay. and you're right, it's absolutely sensational. The whole of New York, I, I feel like they pay the whole of New York to come out. Like there's millions of people. I've never seen anything else like it. It's it's absolutely sensational, and I can only equate it to the feeling of being in the Olympics because these people actually give them give you so much energy that you actually don't even need to run. They just will you on the whole way. So yes. um, it's it's really, it's just a delight to run that 42 kilometres. You really don't feel like you're running. So I totally take my hats off to people in America in general because in Australia people don't do that cheering. Like in Adelaide, if we run, you'll be lucky to have one person walk past you and they'll they'll get cross with you because you're in the way of their dog or something. So it's it's. <laughs> actually amazing for us to come over and experience it nice. um so in terms of filming we all carried cameras i had a camera and i had made my decision to run with my mum for for two reasons one that i'll never get that opportunity again and two that i knew i'd be able to keep up with her and film her um and so um we did get some wonderful footage out there and we had 60 runners that i as i said so there were 60 people that some of them had taken their cameras with them for us. So we were very lucky. And I, it, we seemed to spread Dimity, but, you know, my mum was, she ran seven and a half hours. So we were at the back. So, you know, the 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 people along the streets, they stay out there for 12 hours for all these people that are, are there. So, um, but it, it does become thinner, you know, as, sure. as the, the further back you are. But as you could see in the movie, it was still really dense with um, people cheering for my mum. So... Absolutely fantastic. That was really fun. Well, and you do a great job, um, you know, so there's this like first initial hour. I've, I've run the New York City Marathon once. Um, and I remember like that first hour went by and I was like, I can't believe I've already been running for an hour, right? It's just this jubilation, celebration, surrounded by everybody. Like life is just grand. No matter if you're going out too fast or you're actually pacing yourself, right? That first hour kind of flies by. And then a um, couple more hours and then you know, you do a great job of, of that, what you call the 30K mark or about, you know, 18 to 19 miles for us Americans um, when things just get hard. Like, you know, the, if you're a pro, that's where the race begins. If you're an amateur, that's where you really question your life decisions. Like kind of talk about that point and how you prepared your athletes for that, that 30K, you know, that wall. Well, as you could see, they all um, had had quite a few struggles in that um, part. So I'm not sure I did a great job <laughs> in preparing them, um, but they they certainly did know it was coming. And um, they, I guess it's it's part of that training is is as 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 you said, not going out too fast to begin with. So I'd really said to all of them, just take it slow, enjoy the first two, three, four hours and really take that all in because that, that really does make the time go quickly. Um, so that when by the time you get to that 30K mark or the 16, 17 mile mark, um, you are sort of in that mindset that you are going to finish. 
you know, you, you get to that distance and you know you're not going to stop. You know that you will get to that. So I knew, I always know if I can get, get my people to 30, 32Ks or 17 miles, there's no way they're going to give up. Um, and so they all did. And I think that's a beautiful part in the movie is that they really shared their vulnerability at that stage because it's actually really easy to keep smiling at cameras and say, oh, yes, everything's all right. But the best thing is, is that some of the people who have now watched the movie and given me their response is that they love seeing that because it's made it okay that they struggled too because often they come back from marathons and everyone goes, oh, it was so easy, it was great. Um, but it is hard no matter where you are. I've run marathons from three and a half hours to seven and a half, eight hours. And I tell you what, the seven and a half, eight hour people or six, five hours, they are really brave people because they are struggling out there so much longer than the other people. Um, and it is a very different circumstance to be out there when you're really not sure about your body um, and how it's going to handle um, that distance. Yeah. So I think that, I think you're right. I think that's a beautiful part of the movie and um, resonates with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to see. And when I was like, God, Central Park is so long. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like, oh, I'm in the park. Oh, but I still have like, what, three, four more miles to go. Okay, um, this is a little bit of a spoiler alert, but I have to ask you because I have you here on this podcast. So Barry shows up at the end. And um, Barry is a very jovial man. Uh, how, how old is he? He was the same age as my mum, so 73. 73, um, and at the risk of being a little stereotypical, he definitely does not look like a runner and that he has a big belly. Um, and and he just, like, had he trained with you? Or I kind of tell me, how, where did he come from? So Barry is James. James is the other executive producer of the movie who also ran it. He was the one who started the movie with me originally, who gave okay. the wings to this project. And so Barry lives in Kimber, which is Kimber is in South Australia's country. So he lives on a farm. And James really encouraged his dad because he's wanted his dad to um, experience being you know, doing some exercise and being fit and trying to lose some weight. So James was quite concerned about his health. So he really wanted to, him to come along and he knew my mum was coming. So Barry said yes. Um, and so Barry um, trained himself um, out of the country um, and we didn't really know how much he had done or didn't do. Um, and so I think when you when he comes onto the camera, it's a real surprise because, as you said, he doesn't look like the classic runner, and I don't I don't think any of us do. Um, but Barry particularly probably doesn't. But he is a surprise package, and um, I had been encouraged to just run with my mum for the purposes of this movie to see where you know to to follow mum's journey. But at the night before, I said to my mum, you know, we really, I really can't let Barry go by himself. He's, he um, has hearing problems as well. And, you know, um, Dimity, at the start of these marathons, it, they are so big and they're so filled with so many people. And the New York Marathon, although it's very well organised, you can get very disorientated about the corrals and where to go. So I thought, I said to mum, look, let's let's bring Barry along with us. I don't know how fast he'll go or what, what will happen, but I think... We have to do it. And I, I was really pleased that we did, Dimity, because we actually just made our corral by about 10 seconds and we were oh. in the last corral. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. We could have really missed it because mum needed to go to the toilet then Barry needed to go. You know, it was a bit of a, a farcical. <laughs> um, so um, we we took him along and 
Yes, he was a surprise. <laughs> he was. I loved it. I loved it. He was. Just, you're right. He's a surprise package. Let's just leave it there. Well, uh, you know, if people uh, we're going to have in the show notes how to how to uh, buy this film, um, this documentary, so um, so people can watch on their own because it is absolutely worth it. Um, okay, so so everybody uh, gets to where they want to go, um, and I'm just curious. A lot of them at the end still proclaim the title of the movie, which is I Am Not a Runner. And I'm just curious, Anna, if that was frustrating for you after you're like, you have been running for 15 months and you just covered the New York City Marathon. Like, what else do you have to do to call yourself a runner, right? I I agree. And I think this is partly to do with society and people around us. You know, Dimity, I've run 25 marathons and I still get called um, from people, oh, you're not really a real runner. Um, my brother was an Australian runner. So there's, you know, he, and he looks at me and says, what, what are you doing? You can't run. So if I've got that pressure on me, what are these people who don't look like runners? You know, we, we, they probably, like me, say they're not runners and excuse themselves because they don't want to be held up to people who say, oh, well, I did it in three hours and you only did it in five hours. This comparison that people do is really really, really sets people up for failure and not trying. So that's what we're trying to deconstruct in this movie is to say you can be a runner, you can do it in seven, eight, five, six hours, and you can be a runner. Stand up to society, stand up to these people who tell you you don't look like a runner. I get told every day I don't look like a runner. Now, all they're saying to me, Dimity, is I'm too big. I'm a normal average size person. So, you know, I, I, um, it it actually quite, it really agitates me this whole scenario of people having to excuse themselves, having to say they're not runners, having to say, oh, I didn't really run. I only jogged or I stopped 10 times. That doesn't matter. They did completed 42 kilometers. I remember coming home and having a, a lunch with my family. And they were all just laughing at my mum saying, oh, you didn't really do a marathon, um, you know. And they were laughing at it. And I I was so cross. I was like, actually, if I had to go out and do a marathon tomorrow, I would, the person in this room that I would take is my mum. 42 kilos isn't easy. And so now I'm so pleased that this movie's come out that they can actually see what she did and what journey she went through. So it is frustrating to hear people say they're not a runner. And I think that's a, a problem of our society is that we're always telling people that they're not good enough. And we certainly are. Yeah, yeah. I do think, though, you know, I mean, hopefully, uh, and you kind of talked about this with Lamar Lee, like, hopefully that they have this little, I mean, what I often think about after, like, any workout session is I have this little badge over my heart, right, that kind of gives you this extra confidence, this extra power, this extra boost that you need to get through the day, you know, and I hope that they have that, whether or not they, you know, are conscious of it. I mean, it sounds like that, you know, that effect, you know, echoes the rest of your life, right? Yes. And it has transformed their life. So in inside themselves, it has made them stronger. Um, and they've known their ability that they know their ability that they can get through these obstacles, that they can undertake challenges in their life, whether it be um, a marathon or whether it be just the daily chores of life. But you can get through things, you just have to find it within yourself and pull in the right people around you to support you to get through it and and you can do it nice nice so are you i imagine that covid is stopping your 2021 new york city marathon plans this year anna is that correct 
Yeah, it is. It's very disappointing. I had a group this year. There was 150 oh actually gosh. coming last year with me. Um, last year, sorry, that was in 2020, and we all had to cancel. And that was actually a very difficult time for me because I actually got COVID. I was one of the first people here in South Australia who got COVID, um, and I was quite critical at that stage. Um, and um, so this year, it is very disappointing not to be there, but it's a wonderful um time for us too because um the new york marathon the new york roadrunners are very supportive of this movie and it is being shown at the australian embassy in the week leading up to the marathon so it will be there we'll be there in spirit um the australians will be over there and we'll definitely be cheering all the way from here for everybody over in new york yeah yeah oh dang it and i'm sorry i'm glad you're back from COVID, that's that's scary. Um, so I'm just curious, so if, if, if anyone's listening and they are, so these come out on a Tuesday, so they've got five days before they're headed to New York, if they are running, they have a bib, what, what advice do you have for them? To enjoy it, to enjoy the lead up, um, to enjoy every minute of it. I, I, I ran probably my fastest marathon in New York in 2013. And I remember thinking it was my first time in New York do I go out and walk the streets and experience everything or do I just stay at home and rest my legs? Well, I walked and went out and, and experienced the city. Um, you know, I kept it in check. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't out at bars or anything, but I certainly loved every minute of it. And we were, we took part in all the celebrations and I'm so pleased that I did because you don't get these opportunities again, although you think you might, they, these opportunities only come for some people once or if you're lucky enough twice but um to just seize it and just stop smell the roses appreciate everything you've done appreciate all the training you've done you've done everything you can and and it will be what it will be you can't control the weather you can't control some things but you can control what you do in that week and and how you approach that run and and just appreciate that your body can do it um, in whatever form it can and be very gentle on it and appreciate that we're here in that moment. Love it. I love it. And I'm going to put, add one PS because as you're speaking, I just want to throw this out there. It's a little maternal and a little maybe tisk tisk, but one thing that I would just recommend is I'm not saying don't wear headphones at all. I'm saying sometimes turn it off and just listen. I mean, I remember this was pre-headphone days. I mean, it wasn't pre-headphone days, but I didn't wear them. But I remember coming across the Veranzano Bridge and turning and going up first half. I have never heard a crowd like that before. I mean, the noise was insane. And uh, and so, yeah, like, even I don't think the Olympics get that, honestly, like you said no, earlier. So. Yeah. So just, I mean, absolutely, you know, have your podcast, have your music for when you need it, um, but also take a moment to just soak it all up, right? I totally agree with you, Dimity. I've, I I don't run with headphones myself, but I certainly probably would never run it in um, New York because you'll never get that. That again, like you said, Dimity, it's just sensational and you can't replace it. And, and just people calling out your name and you can talk to people and they are so with you that I think, you know, for them being out in those streets for, you know, eight to 10 hours to be there to cheer you on. I think it's, um, that's the least respect you can give everyone on those streets is to be actually listening and with them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anna, you are a joy to talk to your movie. I'm not a runner is a joy to watch. Again, this will be in the show notes. We're going to put it up on our social media, that kind of stuff. So you can take it and it's, it's $5, right? It's not, it's not, uh, 
it, it's so far from like a night for the movies <laughs> at a, for a family yep. movie, right? So definitely invest and um, check it out because it is, is well worth the inspiration, whether you think of yourself as a runner or not. So congratulations Thank again. Thank you so much for having yeah. Sorry, Dimity. Thank you That's... so much for having me on your show. It's wonderful to be there in, in America where we can't be at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Take care, Anna. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dimity.